This week, we're doing chapters 15 and 16 of Knowing God. And all of a sudden, Aaron's going, what, what? Because <laughs> we're talking about the wrath of God. And Aaron's like, oh, wait, yes, I remember the wrath now. I remember wrath and goodness and severity. Yeah. And in these two chapters, there are five words, which I want to know if Aaron knows the meaning of as well. <laughs> he's like, he, he just immediately gives up. He's, he's like, oh, nope, I'm tapping out. <laughs> we're, we're not even going to do that. I know nothing. <laughs> How do you know nothing? I mean, I don't know nothing, but I don't know the five words. Really? Yeah. How do you know even which five words I'm going to pick? Because there's so many words that you could pick. Uh, that's fair. But now, <laughs> now, now, now. No. So before I was using my Kindle. Now I get to use my phone, Ooh. which means I can color code things oh, now. Fancy. So now I can. So all the words I want Aaron to define, I have highlighted in blue in my copy of the book. So that way I know when I get to it. You're fancy. I can go, Aaron, tell me the the word for this. Let me uh, look at dictionary.com real quick. <laughs> and your Wi-Fi goes down. <laughs> Hotspot. <laughs> All right. Well, you don't even need a hotspot. You just I mean, data. Just I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see. That's how much I don't know. It's okay, Mr. Johnson. I forgive you. This time. Sick. <laughs> cool. So, again, we're reading J.I. Packer. His book, Knowing God, the IVP Signature Edition. We're doing chapters 15, 16, and starting with the wrath of God. And right away, we're going to start with a word that I want to know from Aaron if he knows what it is. It's like literally the first sentence. Indignation. That was literally when I looked up. That's so funny. <laughs> is it a word you looked up? Okay. Yeah. So what, what does it mean? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Gosh, I my goodness. Wait, doesn't it basically <laughs> doesn't it basically just say what it is anyways in there? It does. Yeah. That's what I want to Yeah. Know. I was like, wait <laughs> a minute. Cause as soon as like I came across it, I looked up the definition and as I kept going, I was like, oh, it's right there. Yes, it is. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. <laughs> so what is ind indignation? So well, okay, so I'm what they're saying is a righteous anger, righteous anger, anger. You're doing a me. You're doing a Biden. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm going to do for Wait, Halloween. I'm going to be Biden for Halloween, except I'm not going to go sniff children. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gotta play the part. No, um. <laughs> I prefer to stay out of jail. Yeah. But he's not, so you're you That's because be... he's a Biden. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, back to Patrick. Righteous book. anger. <laughs> Indignation. So yeah, righteous anger aroused by injustice and base ba 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 baseness. Baseness. Yeah, the Bas dictionary also defines it as this, and maybe this will maybe um, be easier to understand, because what does baseness mean in that regard? It means, that, so this is what the dictionary uh, mm -hmm. does. It says, anger or annoyance provoked by what is perceived as unfair treatment. Okay. So I was like, maybe, but maybe that will. I guess, yeah, I didn't even think about, like, what's, baseness because whenever i hear base today it's like you're based yeah and what, like you just have like what does base mean today based being based mm -hmm. what is it just having i guess i take it as like having like actual like truth like knowledge of the actual truth and not 
fairy tale world truths or the yeah, reality like truth? Ba- like based in reality. Yeah. Yeah. So baseness means lack of moral principles, bad character. Okay. The baseness of human baseness. nature. Wouldn't you say baselessness? I don't know. Whatever. No, it'd be baseness. It would be baseness. Yeah. If you're saying something outside of you, you know, you calling something base, you know, in the modern way of saying it, if you say something is base, uh, you're saying it's evil, it's immoral, sort of stuff. Interesting. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Never, never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yep. So I figured let's go ahead and get the words out of the way. <laughs> I love how that was. <laughs> how about this one? Nope. <laughs> and I can't tell you what page it's on, unfortunately, here. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about in this one uh Babylon, Adam and Eve, Genesis, Revelation. And it says the Assis of Revelation 17 to 18 and 20. What does Assis mean? Did I even catch that? I don't know. Um, though, a oh, great. Okay, so wait, hold you on. might have thought of it as a sizes, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it is spelled a s s i z e s. Yeah, you might have gone, oh, a sizes, a sizes, a c's, <laughs> but a it's a c's, a sizes. Uh, all right, hold up. Well, the Bible, God's wrath for it is full of portrayals of divine ret- retribution from the cursing of. And and cursing and banishment of Adam and Eve to overthrow to the overthrow of Babylon on the great seas. Yeah. Was that right? Did I say that? Aziz's, right? but Aziz's yeah. yeah. But of Revelation. I mean What do you think? I'm trying to well for like what revelation's on. Mm-hmm. I guess the only thing I can think of is like, um, I don't know. Oh gosh, I can't even put it into my words. Right, Assises, or as, uh, how do you pronounce it? It says Assis. A Assis. Like, like you say it like this sounds weird. E S I Z. E S. Yeah, Assis. Assis. Yeah. Oh, a Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why was I saying a seizes? Because a s s i z e s. A Yeah. Anyways, so what it means? Because you're probably not going to get it at all. No. This is a reference back to the early bit, like the 1970s era around that time. Oh, that's not in England. 1970s. Yep. So okay. these were courts that were ho- that were held that administered civil and criminal law in courts? England. Okay. So that's why. So it's saying like the courts of Revelation 17, 18, 20, you know, the oh. judgments and all that. So that's what that's getting. Mm, okay. okay. The next word for Aaron, oh, as we go through this book. Okay. Anthropomorphic. No. Oh, um. It's like like human character, human characteristics sort of thingy. Um, yeah, you're actually pretty right. Having human characteristics. Yeah. Yep. Good, good job. I am impressed. But the book also kind of gave that away. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what about propitiation? Oh, geez. The, 
That's well. That's that's wait, because Christ is isn't like Christ is our propitiation, right? Is like our the like the substitute or the um. Right, because he's like, isn't it about like being him being like the sacrifice and like for our sins and stuff like that? Isn't yep. that what that has to do with? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah, you're close. Yeah, you're okay. definitely close. So propitiation, um, that's the action of propitiating or appeasing a god, spirit, or person through yes. a sacrifice to avert wrath or and all mm-hmm. that. So that's what. So yeah, our per- yes. I, I was okay. wondering. I was like, does Aaron remember this or not? From barely from it's still there. Okay. 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 I'm feeling okay. Now I'm about to not feel okay. No, I th- I, you actually one? did very good. The last one, and and this one is more in line with the book, Severity. God's Severity. Oh, so, um, so at first when I, when I was hearing, well, when I first read it, I was thinking of like, um, oh, something being severe and like an intense or like harsh. Yeah, you're right. But then there's also when 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 in reading it he talks about like, um, his severity being like was us being cut off. Yeah. So then I almost read it as being severed. No, so but it's the severity, the being yeah. severe, and right. He's being severe in the fact that we are cut off. So that, so yeah, okay. you're right. <laughs> I surprised myself. Look at that. Aaron did well on his vocabulary assignment. Now. The question that I have for Aaron, and we'll see if he understands, and if he figures this out by the time we get there, what other book is referenced in this, these two chapters? Uh, Specifically, not chapter 15, it's in chapter 16 that he references another book. The, the, um... Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God? Well, no, he, he references that sermon directly. The sermon, okay, that's a sermon. That's a sermon. I thought that's a book. Some of them I made into a book or something like that, but that he's referencing okay. the sermon. But he references a book directly. So if you've read this book, what book does he reference as well? We'll get to that in a moment. So we'll get to that when we get to chapter 16. But as all things go, we must start first. We're 15? at the beginning, which is chapter 15. The thing that Aaron said he wasn't sure if he wanted. He was excited to talk about the wrath, the wrath. of God. That's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. Well, I, yeah. well, well. To be let me put it. Let me side. let me put it this way: the fact that you say it's terrifying is a good thing, mm-hmm. because that still means you're not hardened. Oh, yeah. That means you still fear the wrath. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Hmm. So, so we start off with the definition of wrath. Oh. Say indignation. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's part of it. He says, wrath is an old English word defined as deep, intense anger and indignation. indignation. And then he goes on to define anger and indignation for you. Um, but this is where he then goes into lament and says, well, the modern church kind of downplays mm-hmm. the wrath. And it, I'll say this, as I'm reading through chapter 15, the entire thing that I kept thinking was, did he write this then? In the seventies, or do you write that now? Because it's we're in the same, same kind boat. of state, the same kind of boat, different ways, but we're in that same oh, yeah. area at this point, which is a little sad. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah. And he asked a question. I thought about it and I had to think. Oh. And it took me a while to get back to a point in time when I've heard one. Um, so his question was this. It goes, when, when was the last time you heard? When, when was the last time that, that you heard a sermon on the wrath of God? It took me a while to, to go back in time to figure, find that one, even that I'm not 100% sure. I'd actually have to look through the recorded archives to see if that's actually the case or if it's actually something different. I'm not mm. 100% sure. Yeah, I, I honestly don't remember. And it's not that any of the pastors from either of our church, uh, either of our churches are evil, horrible pastors or anything like that, or never touch on things, on things that like judgment. We know of. Yeah, that, you know, that we know of. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you know, people can do stuff in, in private that is completely outside of the public facing character that we know of. Okay. But I'm saying as far as we are aware, yeah. you know, our respective pastors of our respective churches, um, even though that's not a thing that they necessarily preach on, they might touch on it once in a while, but they don't, they don't actually like get full bore into it. And I was thinking about that. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, and the way our um, snowflake generation is, I could see that not going over that well <laughs> for a lot of, for a lot of people. Right. That's that's something that bothers me, though. Okay. Why is that? Like, wouldn't it be... I don't know. Like, in any just regular friendship or relationship sort of thing. Like, you gotta say the tough stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean... I Yeah, I imagine it would be very important. Because then it's like, without people knowing about the wrath of God, it's like, well, then what... what what are we afraid of? What do we need this Jesus thing for? If there's nothing that I guess in the sense, I mean, I guess, yeah, you'll say you're being, you're being saved from hell, but I mean, nobody, I guess you always, I've always just obviously, oh, uh, what's, wow, what's the word I'm looking associated that with like, you know, all like the fire suffering, all that stuff, whatever. But it's like the thing about the wrath of God, being poured out upon you that's it's pretty intense yeah so it's but yeah it's like if you're not preaching about the outcome of a life without being saved by christ if people don't know what they're being saved from then i've yeah it's important to have the whole truth in there right and that's why i said you know i had to think back because while at at least at the church i go to now right they don't, well, they, I haven't heard there yet, and I haven't even been there a full year yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, we give it time on things. Okay. Yeah. I haven't heard a, a full like sermon on wrath or anything because they're pretty much, at least where I'm going at now, they go, they take a book of the Bible and they mm-hmm. go from front to end up to of back. It, That's cool. Yep. Uh, on it right now. Right now we're going through Nehemiah, you know, an old, Old Testament book about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem after they had fallen and, and all that. And, and, you know, it's a book cited a lot with leadership implications in that. Anyways, while wrath is not necessarily the central subject that they go on and preach on necessarily because, you know, they might talk about it in part if it's maybe part of a chapter mm-hmm. so far. But, but, and here's the but, and here's where I'm adding the but in. And this is why I said they touch on it, they don't do full on it. Every Sunday, and I mean 
Yeah, every Sunday since I've been there that I know. Mm-hmm. And every Sunday since Andy's been there, that since he's gone there, and he's gone there a little bit longer than me. Every Sunday, the gospel is preached at the end. Hmm. Every Sunday. The whole gospel. And an invitation given every Sunday. Yeah. Both services. That's cool. That's good. It does seem like that's a... So that's why I said they don't necessarily... It does seem like a common-ish thing. What? Giving the gospel every Sunday? Or at least, yeah, having... I don't know. Okay. Let's go back to... And, and I'm not... I I'm, I'm not throwing shade or anything in, in, yeah, in, in common parlance of you youngsters. <laughs> what? But I go back to fellowship. Mm-hmm. And I go back to all the sermons there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There was the last time I remember the gospel, like an invitation being given was maybe twice a year. If I'm being honest, it wasn't that often. The gospel was talked about, but the uh, like the gospel and the invitation wasn't given every week. It, it was slightly different, you know. I, I guess, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm already thinking with even just like the past. But I don't know. I don't know your current pastor. I don't know that. That, right. that that's a whole other. That's what I said. Going back to fellowship days. That's yeah. that's a whole different story. But, um, that being said, yeah. so like. Um, the the pastor at the church I'm at, yeah, and he he's he he he's brought the receipts on this, yeah, another common parlance from your generation showing the receipts, where pastors will go. Why do you spend time giving the gospel message every week? Mm-hmm. That is a very uncommon thing, actually. Hmm. That's not a very common thing to do. That's wild. That's well, good thing it's common for him. Okay. So that's what I said. He does. I don't. I haven't heard at this church yet, uh, like a full message on wrath and that. But it's touched on some every week, at least a little bit of it. Not long term. Oh, not not okay. long term. But yeah. there's a little bit of it. But yeah. it, there's no like straight. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to do a whole sermon series or a whole just day sermon on this. Hmm. So that's what I said. Even you know. Yeah, it's not that, com- you, uh, like he said, he doesn't, I had to take time to think back on it, to, mm-hmm. to find a sermon. Yeah. And even then, that took me a while. Yeah. But you know, think about it even then in our current culture, right? Our current culture doesn't even, even in Christian circles, doesn't even agree that hell exists. That's so weird. And a lot of them will say, well, Hell is current earth, and therefore they've lived their hell, and therefore yeah. heaven. Bah, bah, bah. I don't understand how they come to that conclusion. Because they don't like the idea of eternal damnation. Mm. That's why. They just love to have their own beliefs in their own mind. Yep. They want to be right. Mm. So... Even at the very start, we're not even uh, like page two of the book and of this chapter and already. It's like, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, well, and because pretty much, yeah, I just had that little section 
underlined before that uh, question was, you know, it says those who still believe the wrath of God and saying, obviously, not all do say little about it, as we have just said. Uh, perhaps they don't even think much about it. And I was like, I was kind of trying to reflect on myself. I'm like, yeah, until, you know, I started reading this. I was like, I never really thought much of it either. Cause I never wanted to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and it goes to say like the church mumbles on about God's kindness, but virtually nothing about his judgment. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, it's it, crazy how it's still to this day that is very true. After how many years? Oh, I know. And we keep going on and on and on about things. I yeah. liked this statement, and I, I just kind of find fun, this statement funny. And I say funny kind of sarcastically, but that's okay. He goes, in the same sense that Pilgrim's Progress might be called a book about roads to hell, the Bible could be called the book of God's wrath. Oh. <laughs> For it is full of portrayals of divine retribution from the cursing and banishment of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3 to the overthrow of Babylon and the great disease of Revelation 17 through 18 and 20. Yeah. <laughs> and then he makes a statement and then he asks a question and it's a rhetorical question. And his statement is this, that the biblical writers have no inhibitions about talking about God's wrath. And the rhetorical question is, why then should we? In other words, why do we feel like we can't talk about wrath and all that and going on? I was mm. like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I th- um, backtracking a bit. Yeah. I thought it was interesting to see what was it, when he's talking about the AW pink. Oh yes. Um, how he says, uh, there's like a study of the concordance will show that there are more references in scripture to the anger, fury, and wrath of God than there are to his love and tenderness. I never knew that. I guess kind of curious. I want to go and like compare both of those and see. I didn't take the time to do that on this, but kind of interested to do that though. Yeah, I didn't do that either, and um, I was like... Mm. I'm just taking your word for it, A.W. Pink. I hope you ain't lying to me. <laughs> also, and, here, and here's where I will say this, it's also probably going to depend mm-hmm. on what words are you using to talk about anger, fury, wrath, and what translation are you using, and what words maybe are they different between mm. stuff. Because we know, for example, Packer, loves what version was king james yep he loves the king james almost always quoting king james in here and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that there's some eh, mm, Mm. inconsistencies with the translation but it's not a bad translate it's not like Mm. a horrible translation like the passion translation would be a horrible translation so wouldn't there technically be some sort of inconsistencies with all translations to some degree there might be like some wording choices right but there have been examples and don't want to go down this rabbit hole right now of things in the kgv that have like a different meaning even if you try to change out the words than like more modern translations and that might be due to some of the things such as 
not where maybe in the KGV or uh, let me rephrase that for in the Bible, it might talk about something about like kingships and kings and that. And maybe the KGB has changed those phrases around just a little bit. Really? Yeah. Hmm. We can get into that later, but okay. Um, yeah, it, it, there's some do some study on it. That's what I said. It's not a bad translation. Right. Just uh, there's some weird wordage there sometimes. Um, I wouldn't consider it a bad translation. I'd consider the passion translation a horrible translation, a very bad translation. I don't remember what the passion one was all like. Yeah, don't even bother. Like, <laughs> it, 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 it's a newer one, and it's the work of one person. And this person goes, "Well, God revealed to me new meaning of this phrase and this these words." And ooh, yeah. So, so his and whoever's the who, who's the dude in China? I'm never going to read his version of the Bible either. Oh, the CCP version. <laughs> Is that what it is? I don't oh, know. Oh, it's not one dude. It's the government's version. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I figured actually we talk about that next month. Oh, really? The CCP oh, okay. version. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And maybe do some, to see if we can get a hold of some of the comparisons. Like, for example, one of the things that they do is they change the Ten Commandments around. Yeah. And they make the Ten Commandments about being loyal to the party. <clears throat> yeah. There's that one. There's the one where Jesus actually stones, stones. the woman. Yeah. So is it like the woman that was it the wait is the, the woman the caught woman? in adultery. Yeah. Right. Yep. So there's some differences there that push the CCP moral standards. Yeah. In that. But yeah, I think we could talk about that next month because that'll take a little bit of time to do some comparison contrast. We're not going to read the whole Bible and CCP eventually, essentially, but we'll take out take a long time. Yeah. We'll take some passages and compare contrast and laugh a little bit because oh boy there's going to be some things in there yeah but there'll be some other things (laughs) they're gonna know the wrath of god (gasps) unfortunately hopefully maybe not all of them but mm, yeah i have some other ideas too that we'll talk about that later okay okay (laughs) anyways so the next thing i have highlighted is under what god's wrath is like oh okay and this is where anthro Homorphic comes in. Comes up. Yeah. So what I have highlighted is this. But when scripture speaks of God anthropomorphically, it does not imply that the limitations and imperfections which belong to the personal characteristics of us sinful creatures belong also to the corresponding qualities in our holy creator. Rather, it takes for granted that they do not. In other words, what it's saying here is that even though it talks about God in a human in a human way, with human qualities. It does not imply human qualities onto God. Instead, God has his own qualities with human qualities intact as well, minus the sinful part. Right. That's what it's saying. Kind of what I was figuring, but I was like... I want to I want to hit on that just to make sure that you understood that, because I was like, yeah, that's interesting. It's just how, man, that's... What? How he... Phrases and says things. I'm just like, Ugh. he says it at a high English level. Yeah, at a very Joshian level. <laughs> oh, don't give him that much credit. I know I'm being, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. I love you, Josh. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll send this directly to Josh. <laughs> this clip. Oh gosh. Oh yeah, this clip and the next clip. When I'm hunting people in Tarkov, don't talk. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, 
Anywho. <laughs> <clears throat> Back to God's wrath, not my wrath. Jeez, Louise. Sorry, that got me going out. Um, yeah. So now, let me ask you this, Aaron, because I've had this question presented to me from people before. So, because we're talking about God's wrath right now, the wrath of God, right? We're told very easily both through bible preachers etc anger can lead to sin you can okay. do stuff that you do that you don't that you okay. it, that you regret later in that right yeah what's the difference between wrath and human and wrath and god how can god be angry and wrathful how can he be yeah and not sin wait a minute Because I've, I've actually had this conversation with people before. Why can he be angry and have wrath towards his people? His people toward, well, towards anyone. I guess his creation. Yeah, his creation. General. I mean, I... <laughs> what? I don't know. Like, to me, I guess... How can he be? How can he be? I was like, is it, are you saying like why can he be or like what how does he can do? He, how can he be? Because what what what? And when I'm talking to these people, right? Essentially, yeah. what they're trying to get at is, you know, let's. They're they're saying that he's in the wrong for for being angry for being angry. Yeah, they're 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 equating being angry to being sinful. Well, can you not be angry at your children? Well, this is what I'm, ask, this is what I'm asking you wrong. before we go into this one. Oh, okay. I'm asking you what's your thoughts well, on I mean, this. Okay, well, if you think about, uh, for, for me, I guess, I guess as far as I've ever thought about it was, okay, so he's created us. Okay. And he has created, I mean, he's, that's the thing. He's, so he's perfect. And obviously, so we sin against him. What is, I, I guess, being, disciplining us, why is... I guess I guess that's my thought is he's just one trying to discipline us to make it wake us up sort of thing. But what if you're just disciplining your kid? What if I'm just disciplining my kid? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What, what if you you're okay? So you're in ten years in the future. I have a child. You have five kids. Oh, jeez! I'll maybe do one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron in ten years in the future has five kids. Mm-hmm. They just broke your favorite drum set. They burnt it. They burnt. <laughs> they found the matches and they found the gasoline and they wanted to see what happens and they burnt it and there's all that's left for your favorite drum set that you bought from Matt is a pile of ash. This is why I'm not having kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess this has there has to be things and, that and, have and, to go into this though. And, and you're like, I it, it, you see How- this. I mean, I would be very mad. Yes. Now, is that wrong of me to be mad? Is it? I guess in that regards, I I would say for me as a human, it would depend. Like, did they just do this? Really? It's one of those things where it's uh, now for me, knowing I'm if if I ever had a kid, I'd be like, you don't hurt that, don't. 
wreck it. Be careful. Try not to damage it. Now, I would understand if something did happen. Accidents happen. It's okay. Your oldest son goes to your youngest son. I bet you you can't burn daddy's drum set. See, now that's where I would be. I told you not to do this, and you directly went against what I said. In that regards, I'm angry that you would do that because that's doing something against me. Aaron something Jr. I told, told to Aaron do. the sixth to so just burn it. Gosh, you name all your kids, Aaron. I wouldn't know what to do to, I guess, discipline him. Other than I would be very angry. But you'd be probably irritable, right? Irritable. Ir- irritated by that? That just that just happened? Oh, I'd be mad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, but what would you be mad about? Let me ask that. Would what you would be, I mad be mad about, about? Okay. That they disobeyed you mm-hmm. or that they damaged something that you cherished? Mm. I mean, to some degree, both. Okay. Yeah, I would say both. Okay. I was just curious on that. I I wasn't trying to like oh. to take take okay because it okay. it's like because now it's like that is gone. I'll never be able to enjoy that special drum set again. And Madhead just died the year before, so you can <gasps> get a new one. <laughs> oh, I mean, he, it's not that he'd be able to give me a new one, anyways. There's only one like that one. <laughs> okay, maybe we burn it just to get rid of the lust in Aaron's eyes. No, no <laughs> there's no lust there. <laughs> So he looks at his drum set. It's pretty. Okay. Um, I, I mean, it would be both. Things would add to the fuel of anger that would arise. Yeah. So, But I guess it's acting. It's fr- so let me ask this. Yeah. If you got irritated mm-hmm. during that, mm-hmm. would that be, and I'm, I'm not trying to be like, Aaron, you're an evil person. Um, yeah. But would that be a sinful act? If I got irritated or, mm-hmm. I mean, does that just basically mean mad? No, no. What's the difference? You can be irritated and you can be mad. Those are two different things. Okay. So what's being irritated then? Oh, let's see. Irritated. Having or showing the tendency to be easily annoyed. To be easily? Yep. Oh, okay. Easily, I guess an- easily annoyed or angry, but yeah, angered. Okay, because that's oh man, that's a tough thing. Because I'm also now thinking about because how it talks about in the Bible says where God is slow to anger. Yep. Oh, and they even talk about that in the the book too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I get but, to I go to all this right uh-huh. because he says a couple sentences that kind of sum all this up pretty well. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm gonna read that. Do it. He says, and this is right after the last part I highlighted, thus, God's love, as the Bible views it, Mm -hmm. never leads him to foolish, impulsive, immoral actions in the way that its human counterpart, too, often leads us. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, God's wrath, his anger, in the Bible is never capricious, self-indulgent, irritable, morally ignorable thing that human anger so often is. It is instead a right and necessary reaction 
mm-hmm. to objective moral evil. So notice the ending there, what he's saying. He's saying this it's a reaction to objective moral evil. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, what and God really is the only one who can define what is morally evil or right. Mm-hmm. It's morally evil, it's objectively moral evil, not what irritates us. They, not not what makes us upset because we didn't like their opinion or they destroyed our favorite drum set or stuff like that. It's objectively evil. Objectively evil would be slaughtering of children. Objectively mm-hmm. evil would be lying. Objectively evil would be all those things. You know? Well, so I'm trying to think here. Yeah. Would what would I guess what would you consider if you would consider it? So saying yeah, I have have a son. Yeah, five sons. Five Aaron sons. Jr. through Aaron Six. <sighs> they're all Aaron. It's a nightmare. They're all Aaron C. Johnsons. <laughs> There's seven of you in the <laughs> in the room. <laughs> I do. Ain't nobody gonna have sanity in that house. Oh, your, no. your wife screams out your name, and all seven of you go, "Yes!" I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we would have all done something. I can tell you that. Um, yep. <laughs> um, but like, so, yeah. Aaron the second tells Aaron the fifth. Well, it'd be Aaron Junior telling Aaron six. What? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron the fifth would be the second youngest. Aaron the sixth would be the youngest. Be the yeah. I was just giving random numbers. Fine. So okay. we'll do the. Aaron Jr. to Aaron the sixth, um, telling him to purposely go burn down my drum set because he knows that I want to take care of it and I don't want it damaged and ruined. Yeah, I mean that would be, wouldn't that be an ob- objectively evil thing to do? It says moral evil. Is that an objective moral, moral oh, evil? Moral. That that the- wait what? <sighs> And see that because it's it's him wanting to cause hurt to somebody else, or maybe it's or just pain. Maybe it well, maybe he doesn't want to necessarily cause pain. Maybe he just wants to see like, can I trick my brother into getting in trouble? Well, then that's being he's deceiving his little brother. Yeah. So I mean, that's still an evil thing to do. It's still evil, but the question is: Is it objectively moral evil? I know that there's a fine line there. That seems weird. I know there's there's that little because that would be sinful for him to do anyways. Yeah. So oh, I'm not I'm not saying that oh. it's it's gonna be dismissive and he's not gonna get that guy wouldn't be radical that, in that regard, right? But I'm saying, would, but by doing that, right? Yeah. You know, God can get angry. Yeah. And not have those other things along the way that that would lead to the sin. Whereas us humans, right. it's, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get angry. Much easier for us to get out of line yeah. with how we react. Yeah, we'll get we'll get angry and then take it over the limit. Take it over. Yeah, it's very it much so easy. Well, obviously, it's easier for us to do because we're the only ones that can do it. And when we get emotional, we get. Mm-hmm. Um, would is would the what a word irrational be usable in that? I don't know. We just get yeah, we get out of line. We can easily get out of line. Yep. And make stupid decisions when we're angry. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, but he still deserves to be punished. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron the sixth and Aaron Jr., I'm sorry for you in the future. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, don't burn down my drum set. <laughs> I'll supply the matches. Oh my, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> uh, going on here. I will have grace for my children if they're ever there. What about me? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah. yeah. What if it's a prank where we burn some random wood and pretend it's your drum set and I actually hid it somewhere? Oh, gosh. Well, if I think it's my actual, I'm going to be mad if I think it's my actual one. But then when I find out it's not, I'll hopefully laugh about it. But then Aaron the Six is already scared of you. He's scarred permanently from the whooping that you gave him with your belt. I, I wouldn't give him a whipping for that. I said a whooping, not a whipping. A whooping, whipping. I mean, that is different. Yeah. Yeah, actually using a whip would be very... Well, it'd be very bad. That'd be very bad. Yeah, that's, that's, oof. Yeah, I, I ain't going to do that. I'll yeah. do my stern talking to that young man. So let me yeah. ask this, because this is a couple questions that the book asks as well here. Oh, no. He asked this, would a God who took as much pleasure in evil as he did in good be a good God? He also asked, would a God who did not react adversely to evil in his world be morally perfect? <laughs> Wait, what? Yep. Where is that? It's right by what I just read there with that whole chunk there. So he says, would a God who did not react adversely to evil in his world be morally perfect? And to- oh, I said Tozer. It's not Tozer. It's Packer. Packer. It, Packer is very short and blunt with his answer. And his answer is two words. Surely not. Surely not. And that's hard to think of sometimes in human form when we think of wrath and not and being wrathful without sin, because that is very hard for us humans to do. And he kind of addresses this a little bit in his book where he says, to others, the thought of God's wrath suggests cruelty. They think perhaps of what they have uh, been told about Jonathan Edwards' famous gospel sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't read that sermon, it's good to read. I don't know. I know it's old, too old for uh, recording, obviously, 1741. So you're not going to be able to listen to it. <laughs> you actually got to read. Uh-oh, Aaron. Yep. Uh, but he talks about in that sermon, Edwards uses the illustration that natural men are held in the hand of God over the pit of hell. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's some imagery there about that. <laughs> <laughs> some most vivid furnace imagery. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And this again goes back to the current, even the current state of affairs where people go, well, hell isn't real. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. It very much is real. Yeah. As much as you may not like it. It is a reality. Exactly. So we have those, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have this thing uh, highlighted. God's wrath in the Bible is always judicial. You know what that means? What does that, that phrase mean? God's wrath in the Bible 
is always judicial. I mean, goes on to say that it is the wrath of the judge administering justice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In other words, it's never for getting back. No. It's never for getting revenge. It's always for administering just justice, justice in some way. Yeah. Uh, even though we may, as humans, see it as something that is not um, justice related, it is in the long term. Is there anything else that you had in here highlighted, noted? Uh, that ooh, that servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. That's frightening. <laughs> Interesting. That is. I'm trying to remember exactly where that is because I have a slightly different thing, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, well, I guess at the end of the paragraph, it, um, because it's near the end of it, uh, says for from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded, and from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Mm-hmm. Luke twelve forty seven through forty eight. Yeah. So um, say that definitely is. Uh, New Testament gospel reference there, because mm-hmm. definitely recognize that. Um, yep, I found it here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. It's it's right at the end of that paragraph, mm-hmm. which I had originally highlighted there. So the next thing I have highlighted then is God's wrath in the Bible is something which people choose for themselves. Mm. And reading through that, I was like, yeah, I can see a lot of people would disagree with that statement. What, that people choose it? Yep. I mean, yeah, I can understand that a lot of people would, but mm-hmm. it's like you're with anything, though. I mean, you have a choice in the matter. How very anti Calvinist of you. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, the, the strong Calvinist would say you have oh, no choice in it, the matter. It's not a choice. It's irresistible grace. They. They say, well, I mean, I guess I would say God's grace would be or should be irresistible. Yeah, but that's what but, I said to the strong Calvinists. It's right. irresistible <clears throat> to the point of you have no choice. You're going to be saved or not, depending on God's will, not on oh. your choice on the matter, right. which is funny. Okay. Well, I'm, I guess I'm thinking of it as far well, I guess that would still be sort of the same thing where I'm thinking. It's like, yeah, it is your choice whether or not you decide to, mm-hmm. yeah, believe or reject. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that is, I would say yeah, that that's a why choice I, and that I, you have. When I took the note of this because I was like, man, he's, he keeps flip-flopping on his Calvinism here uh, on stuff um, because he writes in the next sentence, before hell is an experience inflicted by God. It is a state for which a person himself opts by retreating from the light which God shines in his heart to lead him to himself. Like, so we do get a choice. I was like, Pecker, you lost well, some communism there. But I, that's fine. That I, mm-hmm. you know, I make I I make jokes about the Calvinist ways of Packer, but you know, that's not a end all be all that where we can't um we can't suffice together hmm. you know if, if that makes sense 
Well, oh, bleh, 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 bleh. Um, ah, shoot. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I wonder. Does does like? Oh man, I so said now I'm having this thought. Like, does everybody, in a sense, get some sort of chance at some point to accept or deny Christ? throughout their life that's the tough thing because depending on how you i mean obviously depending on your household that you grow up in and all that stuff you're going to have a very right i guess like you know your mind's going to be made up almost ahead of time on what your thought or reaction to god is going to be but that's why there's the concept of like natural revelation and all that where it's Mm -hmm. even those who have never been preached to. Like, let's say they live in an untouched land where missionary has never been. Right. Where even yes. they they can be mm-hmm. saved because the the evidence of God and Christ is shown, is in, shown in nature and is so prevalent mm-hmm. that even words are not needed in that regard. Mm-hmm. In so much then that we don't, as humanity, have an excuse in our words. So even those who are maybe growing up in a, as you put it, a, a, a difficult household, let's mm-hmm. say, you know, for, uh, you know, Christianity to reach. I mean, I guess, yeah, it doesn't even have to be a difficult I mean, you can well, grow I, up, yeah, that's a house saying. of rich, riches, but then you just had never have the need or knowledge of who Christ is. That's why I said difficult yeah. household for Christianity to yeah. reach. Not necessarily a difficult household yeah, like struggling and your abuse or all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It could be whatever. Your mm-hmm. parents are strict atheists or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is some way, either through natural revelation or even through an interaction with someone, where that will be potentially something that happens that they they, they get that a chance, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everyone, to ev- everyone's gets, responsible. Yeah. Mm. This is so convicting. Mm. Mm. Well, then, <laughs> this next phrase. Yeah. Oh, wait, what? What the? What's your next phrase? The basic choice was and is simple. Either to respond to the summons, come to me, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 29, or not. Either to save one's life by keeping it from Jesus' censure and resisting his demand to take it over, or to lose it by denying oneself, shouldering one's cross, becoming a disciple, and letting Jesus have his own disruptive way with one. Mm. Which kind of sums that all up. Mm-hmm. That was, um, I'd say within, yeah, within the last year, I was actually after really chatting with one of the guys from, uh, the new church, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I'm sure this probably isn't the first time I've ever heard it, but maybe it's been the first time in a long time. Well, we've talked about like, you know, people staying in a life of sin. Like if you're like out and evangelizing to people or trying to tell people about Christ and they just 
outright reject it saying it's because that they i mean the one of the i guess you said mainly it's because they just love their sin and they love the things that they're currently already doing and i the, what made me think of that was uh back in the middle of the paragraph just before um the basic choice was was and is simple um Mm-hmm. Where it says, light has come into the world, but men loved the darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. But I was thinking, I was like, yeah, I was like, we really just do love doing bad <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to some degree. And so it's like the people that reject Christ, they just don't want to get rid of the things that are against God that they love doing. See, yeah, and here's the fun part. And I say fun in quotes. Yeah. Because in modern Christian circle, right? Yeah. Someone can find a church that will... uh, How do I put this? Someone can find a church easily that will take whatever their sin is, that, that, you know, we'll say whatever it is, okay? And say, yeah, it's good. It's okay. It's fine. Hmm. It's getting harder and harder to find churches that that are not affirming to things. Okay. I wouldn't yeah, either. Well, I guess, yeah, if you're not going speaking out against it, you're essentially well, affirming. I'm it. not even saying not speaking out against it. I'm mm-hmm. talking about churches that are flat accepting and celebrating it well oh well okay yeah even more so yeah i'm talking so you know you and you can take whatever example you want okay Mm -hmm. um homosexuality Mm -hmm. transgenderism gay marriage (laughs) whatever you want (laughs) yeah okay there are churches out there nowadays that openly celebrate this Mm -hmm. there are pastors out there um so there was one i encountered online yesterday Mm. that wrote a whole thread out there. And I just sat there. I debated responding, but I was like, you know what? Not even going to respond to give this person the time of day and mm. um, engagement on Twitter or X now, as it's called. X. Um, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like, not even worth giving him the interaction so that way it reaches more people sort of deal. Mm. But essentially, he had a whole thread about how so you remember Jonathan and David in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. real close, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what they're probably used as a homosexual couple, aren't they? Oh yeah, according to this yeah. pastor, they were married. Yeah, I was like, what? What? Wait, wait, whoa! <laughs> yeah, what? Exactly. That's I was like, no, I'm not even going to give this person time of day on this one. How on? Wow. Okay. So you have stuff out. This that's what I said. It's getting harder and harder actually to find church that's just gonna say flat out no. I don't Mm -hmm. because there's there's starting to become more and more that even you take whatever these things that you love and say yes. You have stories out there, and I say stories because unfortunately these are things of the. I can't believe these words even string together in a complete phrase that makes sense in common day parlance. The Christian OnlyFans performer. 
Yep. Who says it's her ministry to do porn? Yeah. Okay. You have stuff like that. You have like what I just talked about that pastor. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so I get what he's saying there, but unfortunately people can find churches that will. Well, yeah, yeah. but it, I guess, but as that if, is darkness, I know, but that, they find those churches, right? Right. And then those churches go, well, you have a relationship with Christ now. You did it. And they'll reaffirm whatever it is and saying they can be both Christian and whatever. Well, I guess that's going to have to come down to the responsibility of someone actually studying the Bible. Yep. I guess, which I mean, we're told to be doing anyways. So gosh, in that regard, yeah, they're being very, uh, well, what's the word? I mean, they're being led. Yeah. To hell. Yep. With that one. And they're like, Oh, it's so unloving that you say that. I'm just like, Oh. I'm just sitting there on the side going, oh boy, this is going to be, in the next few years, this is going to be great. Let me tell you. Is that in this chapter or is that the next one? We're just talking about how like, you know, each generation has its, uh, I guess it's, oh, wait, is it this one? Hmm. But whereas it was saying like each generation is going to have its like main or fo- like big issue that comes up to deal with and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, yeah, for us, it's going to be all this transgender re- reassignment or what, what's yeah surgery stuff and affirming care. And it's only going to get worse because now they they're actually mm-hmm. working on a way to do a, a, a womb transplant. So you can, and but they want to put a woman's womb into a man. Yep. So you can give birth. They're really desperate to make that work. Yep. They are really desperate. And there's doctors working on it. We could have the cure for AIDS or something else, but no, we got to work on that. That was, would we ever be able to find a cure for some of that stuff? What for AIDS and all? Well, that? I'm thinking like AIDS, cancer, and well, I mean, all like the medication we got for like AIDS out there, mm-hmm. it makes it pretty manageable. It's not a mm-hmm. pure cure, but it makes it pretty manageable for them. Mm. Well, I'm guess yeah, with the amount of money that's dumped into stupid things, yeah, if it was put in the right spot, then I guess yeah, I'm sure there'd be something that could be done. Yeah, I'm just like for some of the things like I mean, you can't. Yeah. fix it well like can- some cancer is going to be real hard because yeah. each type of cancer is different and even each type of cancer there might be different varieties of that mm. um might look really weird and it's going to be genetics and yeah yeah just- so like there's some things i mean well that's the other thing is you can't avoid death <laughs> like sorry you're never going to create something that keeps you alive forever we're all one second closer to death every second great yep let that keep you up at night now <laughs> <laughs> and some people have a much shorter timer mm-hmm. yep. okay so back to the book <laughs> yes correct uh, Gahana oh where is what Gahana? is Gahana 
I, oh, where is that? Oh, God. Oh. Or Gehenna. Gehenna, sorry. I said Gehenna. Hail. It's Gehenna. Hail. Yes, but what else is it really? It's the so valley it's the outside valley Jerusalem. Jerusalem, where, where rubbish was burned. Yep. Do you want me to finish that? No, that that's fine. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, because, yeah, there's, yeah. There's just more that goes on after that. But, yeah, so yeah. It, it's talking about, you know, Jesus uses imagery in his own stuff, and he's talking about Gehenna. And that's how some people will also say, well, hell isn't real because he's using imagery here. So mm-hmm. just just FYI, I just want to bring that up here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then, was there anything else bes- before Romans on wrath? Anything besides that? Before it? Before, no. Okay, so then we get into where he talks about Romans on wrath, and mm. he makes was it is it four points, three points? I think three, three, three yeah. points. And the three points, I don't know if you have anything highlighted here, but I'll quickly highlight the three points here. Okay. Um, the first one is the meaning of God's wrath, and he goes, "The wrath of God in Romans denotes God's resolute action in punishing sin." Uh, The second thing is the revelation of God's wrath. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodlessness and unrighteousness of men who hold down the truth and unrighteousness. And the third point that he has is the deliverance from God's wrath. And he goes, in the first three chapters of Romans, Paul is concerned to force on us this question. If the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodlessness and unrighteousness of men and a day of wrath is coming when God will render to every man according to his deeds. How can any of us escape disaster? The question presses because we are all under sin. Mm-hmm. And then he highlights his point. The law cannot save us for its only effect is to stimulate sin. Oh, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he had anything highlighted in those little three points there. Uh, It was... The section that you just read for point three, mm-hmm. and then point two, I just underlined uh, the Romans one nineteen through well, uh, actually would be what one twenty four, twenty six, and twenty eight, where it says God gave them over to sexual impurity, God gave them over to shameful lusts, and He gave them over to a depraved mind. Yep. Mm. And that's, I imagine from that, that's, that's the, you're at a point of no return right there. And the funny thing is the Packer wrote that then and looking at that around the world around him at that point in time, can you imagine what he would say to the today's day and age? Far worse. Yep. Yeah. And then he ends up with this, um, he calls it the solemn reality. Reality. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing I highlighted from this was this. The more we study and ponder God's abhorrence of sin and his frightful vengeance upon us, the more likely we are to realize its heinousness. Hmm. Hmm. And that was written by that that was written by um, A.W. Pink in his book, The Attributes of God. Oh, okay, I see. Mm Mm-hmm. I had the part just before that underlined, whereas nor uh, nor will our evangelism have the urgency 
enjoyed oh enjoy enjoyed enjoined by Jude. It says save some by snatching them out of the fire. Neither our knowledge of God nor our service to him will be in accord with his word. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. So that is Packer talking about wrath. <laughs> 